and welcome to Fintech Unfiltered, the podcast for bank innovation and INV. Bank Innovation is an industry-leading blog on digital banking and financial technology, and INV is its sister accelerator program. I'm Tatiana Kulkarni, Deputy Editor at Bank Innovation, and I'm here with Jeremy Balkin, Head of Innovation at HSBC Bank. Jeremy has been leading the innovation strategy at HSBC for nearly three years. This year particularly has been a busy year for Jeremy and his team, who have been unveiling various innovation projects and products almost every other month. Welcome, Jeremy. Excited to have you here. Thank you, Tatiana. It's always great to, to speak with you. And thank you to your listeners for your interest in what we're doing in, in innovation and banking. And um, well, may it continue. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you here. As I mentioned in the intro, you know, 2018 seems to be uh, a busy year for you, and you guys have been doing a, a lot of stuff in the innovation department. Uh, I know HSBC has invested um, about 130 million, correct me if I'm wrong, um, in the innovation effort. So maybe you could walk us through uh, the decision to invest that much and what was the strategy behind picking up these projects? Sure. So, well, I guess it's, I would say it's more than 130 million. So, we uh, we commenced uh, what we call a retail transformation program, uh, which was $130 million uh, of investment in the U.S. Uh, business specifically across the whole host of technology upgrades, system upgrades, rollouts, t- things, like, things, things that some of the listeners may have already experienced, like Touch ID, uh, voice biometrics, um, live sign, live chat, things like that. In addition, we invested about $350 million in the U.S. over about five years on building out a brand-new core banking system, um, sort of at the hub of, of, of the bank in the U.S., uh, again, replacing like 100 or more different systems and sort of rolling it into sort of a more cutting-edge platform. Um, and, of course, globally, HSBC, one of the largest banks in the world, has invested billions, is investing billions uh, every year. Uh, but specifically with regards to the energy um, and the drive of innovation this year, um, you know we've we've had a huge year. There's no question. Um, we've we've probably the success has been really down to a couple of things. The first is we have a visionary CEO and leader. We have an amazing team uh, who you know executes, doesn't see uh, obstacles, doesn't see you know, needless process, things getting in the way, We, you know, and led by, you know, Juliana and my team and, and Hiran Shah as well. Um, and then the third thing is we've been working with fantastic partners like SoftBank Robotics, like Samsung, like Avance on lending, like uh, Marstone on, on wealth, et cetera. Um, and when you work with responsive partners like that, you know, it, it just makes the relationship seamless. I would also say that, you know, We've been in a rush because, you know, we wanted to take advantage of the investments uh, that were made on the retail transformation program. If you think about, I guess, traditional retail banking, particularly in the U.S., um, it, it's generally been a kind of one-to-one service model that's been branch dependent. And then, of course, the last few years has been this race to realize that customers want to bank when, where, and how they choose. So we've 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 taken these platforms and these investments and then further innovations and announcements that we've made this year. And thank you to Bank Innovation for your support with getting the messages out there to build what what I would call a one-to-many service model, whereby we create scale, economies of scale, 
um, serving customers outside of traditional branch footprint here in the U.S. to when, where, and how they choose, um, whether that's on a mobile device, a tablet, uh, desktop, or indeed if they come to a branch. But it's no longer dependent on the branch to be served by HSBC. And uh, that's been a really exciting year, there's no question. And we've been really proud of, of what we've achieved, whether that be with the, the announcement uh, in October at the Money 2020 conference around um, an historic partnership with Avant, a Chicago-based fintech company, uh, to deliver personal lending on a mobile device. I mean, to think that uh, through this partnership, an HSBC customer anywhere in the country will be able to literally pull out their phone, complete an application in you know, three minutes or less. They will get a they will get a credit decision within 60 seconds with less than a minute, and if they're approved, will be basically funded within 24 hours. I mean, that's unheard of for a retail bank, and so we're really proud of that. Um, on the lending piece, then you could look at what we've done on the wealth piece in a partnership with a with a leading uh, another leading U.S. Um, uh, female-founded, um, uh, award-winning, uh, you know, software-based investment advice platform called. Uh, Marstone, uh, who who we've uh, you know we announced that in October, and that's been something that it's been long overdue. Considering that 85% of our premier customers, we don't derive any you know meaningful wealth-based revenue relationships. So for those customers who want to self-serve, um, you know we can we can not only capture deeper relationships with the 85% of customers who we don't have a relationship with, but more importantly, customers that we don't already have a relationship at all. Can can serve particularly a millennial customer or a younger customer um, can can have that robo experience with HSBC, but in addition to the robo experience, have access to all our wonderful services and products. Um, you know, we we did a partnership with a company called Avoca uh, to create a a, a, a straight through a credit card application process. We launched that about a year ago. We've seen a somewhere between five and six times monthly increase in application volume. So that's, you know, five to 600 times on average per month increase in volumes. 80% of those those uh, credit card applications go straight through. They don't touch a single person. At one point in 2018, HSBC was the fastest credit card issuer in the country, which is really amazing. Um, and then, of course, some of the stuff we've done at our flagship branch at 452 Fifth Avenue uh, on the corner of 40th and 5th near Bryant Park, and I hope everyone listening this, to this comes to visit, um, they're the historic partnerships um, with the world's first robot in a bank branch in partnership with SoftBank Robotics, um, putting Pepper the robot at our flagship branch, and then with Samsung, um, you know, the, the leading uh, consumer electronics company with, you know, a net, you know, customer experience rating of, you know, in, in the high 80s for satisfaction with their products. We put the world's first uh, wearable technology into a bank branch to see if we could get, you know, efficiencies and, and enhancements with communications, um, reduce waiting times um, as a result of those efficiencies with our people. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a hell of a year. We've been working 24-7. It's time for a holiday. Um, but, you know, we've been doing this because we've had the support of our CEO. We've had a wonderful team. We've had the support of wonderful partners to just roll things out for customers. And, uh, you know, we're excited for 2019 to continue to build upon the, the, the foundation that we've laid this year. Awesome. Yeah, you you guys have definitely been very busy. And my next question might be a little hard for you, but is there a particular project or a particular product that's your favorite or that's closest to your heart? 
It's a tough one because I just mentioned five, um, and, I, and I'm not able to mention the sixth, which we're actually going to roll out in, I think it's in January or February, uh, on financial literacy. But I think the one that's personally been the most, I would say, the big standout um, that's, dare I say, closest to my heart, clearly I think would, would have to say would be Pepper, the robot, um, you know, the newest member of our team, um, you know, which we launched in June, uh, Pepper, you know, I think when I first joined HSBC, uh, a lot of people told me, Jeremy, you're going to fail, Jeremy, you're not going to do innovation in, in, in this bank. Uh, banking and innovation don't mix, you're not going to be successful. Uh, and then those are some of the more uh, verbatim quotes. Uh, there were some that were more colorful, which of course I wouldn't repeat on this uh, to, your, to your listeners, Tatiana. Uh, but, you know, there were many people who were calling me the crazy Aussie, and it wasn't complimentary. Um, and uh, I think just the idea of putting a robot in a bank branch um, probably scared a few people. Maybe they didn't take us seriously. And then, you know, we, we did a bunch of testing. We did a bunch of studies about what our customers and our people were doing at our flagship branch in Manhattan. And then we worked with a wonderful partner in SoftBank Robotics, um, and then Juliana and Hiran uh, on my team. And then, of course, uh, our fearless Matt Klein, uh, head of communications, was was tremendous with helping us with the messaging um, and more. Um, you know, we launched um, in June. We thought June is a quiet time. It was the end of June. You know, July 4th is coming up. It's the summer. No one will really know the difference. We can kind of test and learn and fail, and hopefully no one will know the difference except uh, the opposite happened. Um, the story went viral. The foot traffic was incredible. We 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 saw our 10,000th customer uh, interaction with Pepper Robot, uh, the robot, should I say, on October 9th, the day after Columbus Day uh, weekend, which was amazing. Um, we've seen a 44, so 44%, 44% increase in all new uh, account openings and products, et cetera, at our flagship branch, um, June, July, August, September, October of 2018, since we put Pepper in there, compared to the same five-month period the year before. So the momentum, um, the foot traffic, we've seen foot traffic up on average somewhere between five to ten times. Uh, it's been surreal, and the business results have been, you know, stellar to say the least. In fact, the business results have been staggering. And uh, to prove our thesis, which was all along, this is not, you know, some sort of, you know, gimmick or theater, if we want theater, we go to Broadway. We're here to do business. We're here to serve our customers when, where, and how they choose. And uh, the results have been staggering from a business perspective. And, you know, the, uh, the, the response across HSBC, just how it's energized the whole company. I mean, if you're an HSBC executive and you're visiting New York, whether it's on business or, or a holiday, and you're not coming into 452 to get a, a, a selfie with Pepper, you weren't in New York. And, uh, you know, the, the amount of interest across all social media, we've had over 1 billion with a B, 1 billion plus media impressions relating to Pepper and HSBC. Um, I dare say that, generally speaking, when bank stories go viral, they're, they're um, not positive stories. This was 99.9% .9 positive sentiment, which is incredible. The energy, excitement, enthusiasm about people of our customers, um, you know, seeing the future of innovation being realized, working with robotics and technology, giving our people superhuman capabilities. By the way, that 44% increase in new business means we need more people. Um, so counter, counteracting some of the sort of the, 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 the myths that indeed robots are going to replace jobs, well, we haven't seen it, and we're, we're doing a real-life case study. It's been tremendous, and I think 
I would say one of the biggest learnings, which is really counterfactual in many ways or counterintuitive, is that they're like, you know, robots, I think Pepper is going to make our people more human. And it's, it's actually teaching us empathy in the sense that you come to our bank branch <clears throat> when it opens on a Monday morning, I don't know, 8 o'clock or 8.30, um, any more than when the branch closes at 5 o'clock on a Friday, Pepper is going to be smiling. She's going to be happy. She's going to be positive. She's never going to roll her eyes. She's never going to change her tone. Uh, she's always going to be, you know, just, just this absolutely beautiful ex uh, experiential uh, interaction, two-way interaction for customers. She'll never look over a customer's shoulder at the three people waiting in line. Uh, it's just a beautiful experience, and it's teaching folks, especially in New York, people are busy on Fifth Avenue. They're in a hurry to bank. Um, in fact, they're in a hurry to do anything. You know, to, to take a pause and enjoy an experience. And, and I think, I don't think humans are really that patient and Pepper's patient. I will also say that, 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 that we've seen little nudges in behavior about how customers are having, and in fact, our people too, are, are adapting their communication styles. Uh, to, to interact with Pepper because it is a two-way interaction. Uh, we've also seen fascinating results around little nudges, like, for example, Pepper will tell you, you know, to a customer, for example, who comes in who wants to deposit a check, Pepper will say, well, you know, you, you can wait in line to do, the, to do that deposit or watch this video. Let me show you how to deposit the check on your phone with remote capture or indeed use the ATM. And then we've seen increases in ATM volumes, uh, transactions as a result of Pepper nudging customers to self-service if they choose that. We've also seen the average session time on Pepper to being about 54, 55 seconds. Industry best practice for waiting in the U.S. retail banking is four minutes. So that's a significant reduction in time. It's been a tremendous case study. We're learning a ton. We're learning every day. We're learning about ourselves. We're learning about people. We're learning about customers. We've continued to iterate about what Pepper can do beyond what we thought. You know, we thought Pepper would probably be a defensive play to, to free up time of customers. In the first instance, we didn't realize it would become an offensive play and customers would be asking about credit cards and downloading the app and, and wanting to do, you know, learn, learn about other products and services. So we had to quickly iterate to include, you know, the, the Evoca credit card journey, for example. Uh, so it's been tremendous. We're really proud of it. We're really proud to have been at the forefront of making history. It's not often in one's career you can say you've made history in whatever you're doing. Um, we've done it twice this year. The first, with of course, the first robot was with SoftBank, but secondly, with the first um, known wearable deployment with Samsung. Um, our people are energized. Uh, and, you know, we want customers to fall in love with banking. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're here to do. And the industry has been beaten up the last 10 years. It's about time we, we get more good people into this industry. We want customers to love banking. We want people to love banking. We don't see why customer experiences ought to be left behind um, relative to other industries, and we see it as a competitive advantage to, to, be, to be doing these sorts of investments in our people and our customers, and that's the one that stands out. And, uh, you know, I just encourage everyone to, to, to come and experience Pepper at 452 Fifth Avenue for yourself. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes I walk by uh, your bank branch because it's it's on the way, and I see Pepper in in the window. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, she, she's certainly uh, making her mark. It's amazing, uh, Tatiana, to see the amount of folks who are literally snapping a photo uh, on their phone and then uploading on social media and tagging me, or or just tagging a hashtag hashtag me Pepper. And we're seeing, you know, we're literally just seeing Pepper taking over New York City, which New York's such a competitive place. It's pretty hard to do that. Um, 
guess it took a robot. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. So, Jeremy, you know, this is all exciting stuff that's happened this year, and we're already in the last month of 2018. So looking forward, you know, what's on your roadmap for uh, 2019? Well, um, to go a little bit off script, I would say the biggest thing that's on my roadmap is that my amazing wife, Rebecca, is giving birth to twins. Um, scheduled to be in January, but it really could be any day now um, till, till early January. So that's kind of one of, been, one of the reasons why uh, I've been just hustling the team this year to roll things out uh, before Christmas because January is going to be a little bit busy for me. Wow, um, I'll be taking a little bit of paternity leave. <laughs> Thank you very much. So that's that's clearly going to be my focus in 2019. Uh, those um, the twins, the two little startups, I think from the the Balkan household, I guess will be will be the the priority. But suffice to say, from a business front, you know we're planting the seeds for. Um, a rollout and an announcement, I think, in February around um, a, a, another historic partnership on financial literacy, which we're really, 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 really super proud of. Um, we're, we're working with um, something that's really uh, unique on, on a, a partnership to uh, evolve what we would call proactive communications. Um, and that's going to be something across our private bank and our retail bank. So it's a joint collaboration across businesses. We've got big plans to make an announcement on uh, um, business banking, uh, which, we'll, which we'll probably do, I would say, mid-year. And uh, we've got some stuff going on on mortgage uh, as well, which is a continued transformation. Um, and, uh, you know, those would probably be the, uh, you know, the, the sort of the four, four big things that, that we've got on our roadmap in addition to scaling and rolling out, you know, Pepper, in other branches, and uh, and our Samsung partnership on wearable tech in other branches as well. So we, I mean, 2019 is almost full. <laughs> it's like we're not even there yet. So we're we you know we're not resting on our laurels. We want to continue to to set the bar high and move the industry forward because that's what our customers and our people expect. Forward to you know hear more about these products and services as you're ready to give us more details. Yeah, and just in the banking landscape, Jeremy, I mean, are there any emerging technologies that you're paying particular attention to or that you think will be uh, big next year? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess there's kind of two in a way. I would say the first is artificial intelligence. I think that's kind of, I don't think that would surprise anyone. Um, but I think the holy grail for, for retail financial services or financial services actually in general is personalization, so taking big data sets and, 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 and really structuring it to give a personalized outcome, I think is that's the holy grail. That's what everyone's working towards. It's going to happen. Um, maybe not in 2019, but I think we're going to get closer to what happening in 2019. I think something that, uh, you know, to touch on the Samsung wearable tech, um, and, you know, the historic uh, rollout we did this year, you know, I think wearable technology is going to continue to, become, to have to have applications beyond that which we've, we've even considered. So, you know, I think corporate America tends to be, you know, stuck in sort of these archaic uh, communication channels, that being, you know, telephones with, with, with uh, extensions that, you know, I don't even know what my own extension is, let alone my colleagues, mm -hmm. but they're all, you know, in every office or on every desk. 
I see you kind of giggling there, Tatiana. I'm sure many people listening to this will agree. Or, or computers that, you know, run on old software and operating systems that are tethered to walls and desks that don't move, but yet customers are everywhere. And, and you know, a lot of just the communication devices we use in corporate America are just archaic and they create inefficiencies which cost money and slow us down from productivity and customer experiences and are just frustrating. So why have communications tethered to desks and walls and physical spaces when we can have communications tethered to people? And that's one of the things we wanted to test with uh, the Samsung Gear, Gear S3 smartwatch, which we customized for our flagship bank branch staff to, to see if we could optimize communication amongst the branch members, which, by the way, is over 25,000 square feet across three floors, and people are everywhere. Um, you know, could we derive efficiency gains because of optimizing communication between staff members and therefore could we reduce waiting times because of those efficiencies and could we embed a proprietary security feature in the watch to help our folks be more safe and secure? And that's what we've tested. And again, it's been phenomenal. But what other applications are there across uh, outside of branch and into the, say, the corporate part of the bank um, or the corporate offices, for example, um, you know, everyone carries a security badge that, you know, some people forget, some people don't. What about could you embed it in a smart uh, watch, for example, um, for authentication, for, for, for going into secure areas? Instead of carrying a badge, it could be embedded into your watch or a health tracker or, or some other piece of wearable tech that we don't even know about. Um, these are things we think a lot about. And I'm fascinated by the workplace, the future of work, the role of humans and machines. Um, we like to think of it as... It's not humans or machines, it's humans and machines, and it's, you know, the, the technology gives our people superhuman capabilities, and I think that's the way, we, that's the way you win, rather than seeing this as adversarial. Um, but, you know, thinking a lot about what the workplace will look like in the future, and not like 40 years down the road, I'm talking like next year, and how can we derive efficiencies to help our people do their jobs better, regardless of where they are in the company. Um, because, because, you know, human productivity, is, it, there's a price on that. You know, labor is expensive. Um, you want to empower your people to, to have the best technologies to help them do their jobs in a more um, productive way, a more satisfied way. You know, I think, a, I think a happy employee will deliver a great customer experience. And I think, you know, we want to give them the tools that they, that they need to, to be their best selves. So, uh, you know, we're really excited about that. Yeah, and it's interesting, you kind of uh, preempted my next question, which is going to be, you know, what's the future of banking look like to you? What do you think the future of banking is going to be? And you kind of touched upon that right now, but, you know, can, if you could elaborate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope the future of banking isn't that far away. And I'm certainly no futurist. There are plenty of futurists who like to tell you all this great stuff of how banking's going to change. And what I just live in the reality of banking, um, rather than the, you know, the arbitrary, completely hypothetical futurist thing. And there's plenty of folks who are selling lots of books and you know making tons of, you know, likes on you know social media for their kind of way out their view of banking, which is completely unrealistic based upon the reality that is banking and how highly regulated it is, et cetera. So for me, I think about what's real, what's possible. Um, I think philosophically, customers, by the way, humans, since the beginning of time, regardless of this level of sophistication uh, or, or incomes or even industry, you know, desire the best quality product or service at the lowest price. It's an economic equation. And I, I think those conditions will hold true for as long as humans are on this planet. So with that being said, 
anything that can either deliver a superior service at the best quality price is what the future of commerce, no less the future of banking, is going to look like. So therefore, I think I see the bank of the future being actually very close to realization than you might think, and certainly we're doing much of it. But I see the bank of the future being a platform agnostic uh, situation or experience where bank customers can bank when, where, and how they choose. So whether that's on a mobile device, when they're on vacation, whether that's on a tablet at the office, whether that's on a desktop at home, whether that's by voice, for example, at home, or indeed in a branch. Whether that's involving a robot, if they want to, don't want to wait in line, they're in a hurry and gamify the experience, or that's with a person. Um, to me, that's the future of banking. And it's not that far off. And we're certainly living and breathing that um, at HSBC and at the cutting edge of innovation. We want to move the industry forward because customers expect it. There's no reason why you know, banking, certainly retail banking, you know, banking as an industry needs to be safe, needs to be stable. In fact, needs to be boring at the back end. Right? Nobody wants the, the problems of the past to reoccur. But at the front end, the customer experience piece that, there's no there's no reason that has to be in the dark ages. And you know, I think we want to set an example for the industry, and we want the industry to compete because we, we want a, a superior customer experience. And customers expect it of financial services, and there's no reason why there needs to be a race to the bottom. Let's race to the top. And we, we hope that in 2019, you know, my friends at other banks um, or indeed competitors will, let's work together. Let's deliver a, a superior experience that we can all be proud of as an industry because we all benefit from it as customers anymore as employees. And I think, I think that's what we're trying to move the industry and move, move, the, move the curve of possibility towards. And that's what drives us every single day. And that's how we think about our role as leading innovation in the biggest bank in the world and the biggest economy on earth here in New York. Um, and we're really proud of it. And there's more work to be done. I mean, no two days are ever the same for us, uh, but there's more work to be done. And we're really, really proud of what we've achieved, but there's more, there's much more to do. And uh, if I could just take this opportunity to say thank you to an amazing team, Juliana, Heron, Matt, and others, many, many others, um, but also to our customers, you know, who have been with us on this journey uh, for many, many years and uh, in this transformation and in this innovation journey. And, um, you know, we hope to continue the happiness and the success together because that's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's a journey together. Well, well, more power to you, Jeremy. And, you know, thank you so much for your time. And this conversation was great. Tatiana, thank you. And to your listeners, and we love Bank Innovation. Thank you for your support. And uh, happy holidays and happy new year to everyone listening. Happy holidays and happy new years to you, Jeremy. And thank you to all our listeners. <laughs>